Hey, welcome to Hey Ask But. Welcome. Hello. I'm sure you're wondering why I've gathered you all. Indeed. Here today. <laughs> I bet I have uh, an idea. Yeah. I, I don't even know why. What are we doing? I don't, I don't know if you heard the beard crack open, but... We're going to talk about food in this beginning half. Yeah. What a shock. Yeah. You know, you, you say that, but it's been a while since we've done a proper food episode. Hell yeah. Has it? No, yeah. it's definitely been a minute. Yeah. I guess so. It's like, out from the, out the gate, uh, I know I'm a renowned whiskey drinker. Renowned is a strong word. People know I like whiskey. People also know I don't like beer all that much. But I found a grapefruit beer. It's called a Steigel Rattler. It's not... It's not like super underground, but it's fucking tasty, and I highly suggest trying it. Hmm. Uh, have you, either of you had anything tasty recently that you enjoy? I this was a few weeks ago, but I was in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I had the distinct pleasure of going to Skyline Chili. Ooh. And if you guys don't know about Skyline Chili, it's like the shit in Ohio. It's it's the place to be because not only will they serve you chili on top of spaghetti, they'll put about 10 million pounds of cheese on top of it. Fuck yes. <laughs> that is how I like my fucking. Yes. God, God. Yeah. It is so good. And like Ohio chili is really interesting because they do like it's similar to Texas chili mm-hmm. because it's just meat, you know, no beans as Ooh. God intended. Yes, but instead of Texas chili, which has more of a Tex-Mex spin on it, um, up in Ohio, they do a lot of, like, deeper flavors. Like, they'll put cinnamon and cocoa powder in their chili. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, really, it's kind of like a mellow kind of, kind of like, ooh, what's what's this kind of thing. Yeah. Also, and uh it's it's pretty good they I also put them. um don't they also put uh put their chili on pasta yeah that's what i said it's on top of spaghetti oh okay okay sorry yeah. i i i i miss that y'all that's yeah. like that's like half of the whole thing because mm-hmm. i i knew some people that put their uh they put uh their chili on rice I thought I was like okay. I mean, I guess I get that you know chili on white rice, but then when I saw chili on spaghetti, I was like, "Whoa, you're telling me you can just put chili on whatever you want?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like that meme uh, I've seen on TikTok, bro. You telling me you haven't heard of doing whatever the fuck you want? You missing yeah. out, bro. <laughs> but no, spaghetti sounds way on top of like fucking. Like uh, angel of hair or just spaghetti noodles. Yeah, just straight up like thick yeah. ass spaghetti noodles. Like, so yeah. good. Sounds way better and, than yeah. rice. Because I, I was I was up in Ohio and a friend of mine works at a Skyline Chili and I was like, oh, we gotta fucking go. Oh hell yeah! <clears throat> Does that anyone? Sounds... You know what I've realized? I don't think What's I know that? where chili comes from, like where it originated. I think it's just it's a. To me, chili is like a regionally changing stew. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like, where did it come? Like, where did chili originally come out of? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Like, like pizza's different in Chicago and New York, but it originally came from Italy, right? Like, we're all agreed. So, like, where did chili come from? Let's feel Uh, like it's. I feel like it's Mexico, but I don't know for certain. Dear Google, (laughs) where did chili come? From Love Habcast. The modern dish we know as chili, also known as chili con carne, chili with meat, does appear to have the roots or have roots in the American West, particularly the state the state of Texas. An old ah. legend holds that immigrants from the Canary Islands brought a recipe for chili with them when they settled uh, San Antonio in the early 1700s. Well, well, well. Yeah. yeah. See that? I mean, that does make the most sense because it, it's chili named after like the, the what it's seasoned with. Yeah. You know, chilies. It's yeah. It's seasoned with chilies. Yeah, you know, after reading that uh, slew of sentences and kind of fucking it up, I have a thought, guys. What's that? Chili is older than America. I really think we should stay in our fucking lane when it comes to a lot of things. If a food is older than us, we should just calm the fuck down. Oh, boy. If you believe that, have I got a problem solution for you? There are a shit ton of foods older than this country. Yeah. I mean, like, fucking chili. Like like bread. Yeah. Well, yeah, bread, beer. So many manner of potatoes. Yeah. Oh, no. What I'm getting at is, like, chili. I figured Money. chili was going to be, like, a late 1800s, early 1900 things. Uh, shit we put on a hot dog with cheese and onions and mustard. Now I'm just getting hungry. Uh, yeah. God damn. Oh, damn. Chili dogs. Yeah. Chili dogs. Have y'all heard that song where the dude t- takes, <laughs> takes Jack and Diane and changes their lyrics to sucking on a chili dog? <laughs> That sounds like a good cop red cop bit. <laughs> it kind of does. I um I think I have seen people use that audio on like TikTok. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, I fucking love chili dogs. Fucking hey, I'm gonna get a chili dog tomorrow. Hell yeah! Ari, have you eaten anything tasty recently? Eh, not really. That sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I, so, oh, I got an answer for you. I've got an you answer, an answer for, for you. Oh, you ate a food for me in my honor recently. No, I tried something that you guys have been suggesting, and a lot of other Huntsvillians have been suggesting to me for a long, long time, and I've never tried before. And it was Surin of Thailand, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You never had Surin before? I had never had it before, and we'd had it uh, delivered to work the other day. And I got like the, it was supposed to be like uh, garlic noodles with uh, with meat. And I got it with chicken. God damn, mm-hmm. it was fucking tasty as hell. Yeah. Surin is yeah. so good. I had some of Ari's uh, barbecue chicken. That was tasty. I don't remember what Raina had, but it was goddamn tasty as well. Uh, Raina, our coworker and friend of the show. Yeah. And future guest eventually yeah. when eventually. when we both have time. Yeah. Um when we all have time. Yeah, okay. I have had something good recently. I had Sarin's Thai barbecue chicken. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to get there. Uh it comes with shrimp fried rice and a little sauce on the side, which is very good. Mm. And 
I love fish sauce, so you can definitely like taste a lot of fish sauce. Uh, delicious. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Um, no further comments, really. Oh, I yeah. guess I did also make some beef stroganoff the other night, and I, I get the feeling that beef stroganoff is not a very well-loved dish. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I do because I don't really like beef stroganoff that much. Okay. Ooh, I love but, beef stroganoff. Yeah, I, I fucking love beef stroganoff, and uh, this the beef stroganoff I make is not your mama's beef stroganoff because it is very delicious. And, you know, I'm sorry, Travis. I've never had your mom's beef stroganoff. I'm sure it's fine. I don't think my mom could make beef stroganoff. Oh, okay. <laughs> to be well, fair. in that case. I've, I've literally watched my mom burn boiled eggs before. Shit. So. How? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to burn boiled eggs? Yes. Jesus Christ. I, I've watched my mom burn a lot of food. <laughs> Okay. So I don't take offense to that. Okay. I mean, yeah, in that case, statement retracted. This is not your mama's beef stroganoff and that it's delicious. Um, 10 and out of 10. And, and definitely not burnt. Cooked to perfection. So, yeah, I've had that recently. It was pretty delicious. You know, there's a Terry Pratchett quote about how when you've been without sex for a while, you start to imagine like these amazing, like this crazy, awesome, blow your mind, kinky sex you're gonna have. And he compares mm-hmm. it to food where he's like, you know, when you're starving, you may imagine these amazing feasts and all this like delicious shit. But at the end of the day, a fried egg sandwich is gonna taste pretty damn good on its own. Oh yeah. And I feel like he was talking about sex, but his quote also applies to food. At the end yeah. of the day, you just hand me a grilled cheese with a little bit of ham. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good to go. That's something I've been making lately. Is um, I got a, a loaf of the tomato basil bread from Panera, mm. and I've been making grilled cheese with some turkey in there. So good. Who doesn't love grilled cheese? It's just so good. Hell yeah. So, and that's inclusive. They make vegan cheese. You can have vegan grilled cheese. Indeed. They do. So, and it melts, too, so you can't make that damn dumbass joke about it not melting. Yeah. We have come so far in the vegan cheese yeah. science. Y'all have come so far and got so far, and in the end, <laughs> it did melt. Yeah. So... Oh, that band. That's Linkin Park, right? Yeah, that is Linkin Park. Oh, Linkin Park. Yeah. Do you ever think about an alternate universe where Linkin Park didn't exist? No. New, I never new think battle about. went on the way it's it's been going forever. I like to credit Linkin Park Linkin Park with the fall of new metal as a genre. Uh, you mean in that they they steered it into a direction away from where it was going into a better direction? Yes, I do okay. mean that. Good. I, uh, Have you I, ever? I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I know new metal. metal what? I mean, there is still some fucking crazy new metal out there. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, just because something like 
there are still Romans around. Like Rome still yeah. exists, but it still fell. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know what I'm new, saying? Are you calling new metal Rome? Is that where? I, is that what hill are you trying to die on? Right yeah. I'm saying that in the early <laughs> why are you dying on my hill? New metal dominated. Okay, I yeah. heard of it, and I didn't listen to music in the early 2000s. I only listened to CDs of cats squealing at each other, that and I right. fucking heard of new metal. So, and then Linkin Park came along, and here's the thing: I think sometimes. Somebody comes into something and they're too good and it ruins it for everyone else. You know what I mean? Because after Lincoln Park got super successful, everyone tried to believe Lincoln Park. But here's the thing. Only Lincoln Park can do Lincoln Park because they're better than everyone else in the new metal genre in that they're listenable. <laughs> I'm really coming for new metal tonight. I don't know what's uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going that, like, like let's let's steer back. Let's steer away from this, guys. I did something I love yesterday. I did a lot of things I love yesterday, and I love. I would love to tell you about it. Yeah, tell and, us about it, Ben. Uh, I went out of town. I did some comedy in Atlanta, uh, and to follow it up. Me and the person I went with, we ate at a goddamn Waffle House, which I have not done since the BC era, the before cor- oh. the before coronavirus. Yeah, the before quarantines. Yeah, yeah. The before quarantines. Corn quarantines. The BK times. Um, before quarantines. Corn. Fuck yeah, and you metal d- band. <laughs> <laughs> and you ate Waffle House in Georgia, which is yeah. like you know pretty peak. Yeah. So. Also, I've been eating at Waffle House for years, guys. Something that has never happened to me happened at that Waffle House. It was magical. You got Ooh. into a fight. You saw nope. two other people get into a fight. You nope, saw like a Waffle it. House rate just beat the shit out of an uppity customer. No, I have seen that before. That happened also at a Waffle House in uh, Georgia. Uh, but no, <laughs> none of those things happened. They got my goddamn hash brown order correct. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so fucking happy, guys, because all I've ever wanted from Waffle House was a patty melt sandwich that has bacon on it and then hash browns that are smothered, covered, and diced. That means cheese, onions, and tomatoes. They never add the tomatoes. They did last night, and it was magical. Nice, because you know what goes wrong <laughs> with tomatoes? A one sauce, and it's fucking perfect. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I I don't know what it is about all of my friends and Waffle House, but for some reason, I'm the only person who can ever get their hash browns correct at Waffle House. Yeah, how do you get? And them? all I get them is smothered, chunked, and capped, or not capped, peppered. Yeah, like. Not and not much harder than what you asked for. Nope. See, uh, I always get the wrong hash brown order, but it's because they're adding shit I didn't ask for. Nine times out of ten, if I order hash browns, they're going to cover it with a slice of American cheese. Yeah. I did not want that cheese. I have to pick it off, and you can never get all of it off. Yeah, it's you melted never can. the fuck on there. Yeah, when, so. like, when a science, like when a fucking chemical reaction is taking place, that's the one time I'm like, hey, I'm going to send my food back right quick. I'm real sorry about this, but this isn't what I asked for. Like, yeah, like if I can't fix it myself, I, if I have to ask. Yeah, I'm going to send it back because like I, I if I want something like if they've added something I didn't want and it's like fused to the thing. Okay, but if they forgot something, I'm usually cool with it. So, yeah. 
um yeah i i also had a recent um like first time since bc waffle house experience and it was pretty good because it was also after a comedy show that went fucking amazing um and it was it was great we were we were at waffle house and we i watched two people go into the bathrooms together and then came out about 10 minutes later and i was like well those two definitely fucked in the bathroom and i was like this is the perfect waffle house experience hell yeah because i've had two similar experiences similar to that one involves a dude almost ODing on heroin the other one involves someone getting hit in the face with a waffle iron and getting concussioned damn i love being drunk crazy i love being drunk in waffle houses like i feel like waffle house is already a pretty liminal space but when you're drunk it just makes it extra like more so you know you know what drunk ben orders when he's at waffle house hash browns double all the fucking way and then i slather it with way i slather that some bitch with some mustard fuck yeah i only do that when i'm drunk because that's the only time like my stomach does not want white gravy and chili at the same time (laughs) unless it's got a lot of something else in it i mean that's fair mustard hey you know who else i bet loves waffle house Five Dang. finger death punch. I Speaking will smack of you in the face. <laughs> oh my god! What? <laughs> All right, this is where I draw the fucking line. What was that direction? Five, five finger death punch is not new metal. Five finger death punch is post post grunge. Okay, I had to look up a list of new metal bands because I don't know a lot of new metal bands, and five finger death punch is on that list. It's yeah. under F. Fuck Five Finger Death Punch. You're going to have to take it up with the good people at Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm going to do that by changing that article. Uh, I know know some people that love that band, and that's totally fine. I'm never going to listen to them. I think they're kind of hot trash. But I also listen to Nickelback every once in a while. So take that however the fuck you want to take it. Um... All right, uh, you know what? Just for you, Ben, I will change the band. You know who else I think would probably love Waffle House if they've ever been to one, but probably have Alien Ant Farm. There you go. Speaking of that. new metal bands, <laughs> yeah, God, Smooth Criminal, really, the cover really of that. Think, I really think I could if if you gave me six to twelve hours. I do not like a lot of new metal, but that Smooth Criminal cover is pretty good. Yeah. If you gave me six to 12 hours, I think I could convince you, Ben and Travis, my two friends and co-hosts, that Linkin Park signed New Metal's eventual death warrant. I'm going to say... I mean, I believe it. Okay, thank you. That's all I needed. Here's what I'm going to give you. Not that amount of time. I mean, that's fair. New Metal was doomed from the start. It was going to die as soon as it started. You know why? Because it wasn't... The eventual heat death of the universe. Well, they, in that case, I mean, everything's... Okay, we haven't experienced the heat death of the universe yet, and New Metal's been, like, kind of over way yeah. before, like, for the past ten years. I mean, I know it's a New, thing that still happens. New Metal has existed exponentially longer than the Confederacy. That's true. true. Yeah. These drummers don't run. Yeah. 
They rap. Well, Joey Jordanson, I think he I think he waltzed into the afterlife and he probably shook Dusty Hill's hand on the way in. I mean good good for him? Good for him? Dusty Hill died, he was in CC Top. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pour one out for your homies. I poured one out for Dusty today. I poured one out down my throat. Yay. Yep. I am not a sharp dressed man at the moment. I'm sorry, Dusty. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> what about you? I, I am, but I'm always a sharp dressed man. Hell yeah. I'm I am wearing a three piece suit right now. I believe you. Hell yeah. 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 Well, you know. You know That's actually in the contract. <laughs> Yeah. It, it is. You have to be wearing a three-piece suit anytime we record. Why am I the only person? Because you want to shit talk to me about all the time. Speaking the of which, contract. I was going to learn how to make crab cakes for you on a trip we're going on soon. You can kiss that fucking goodbye. All right, then I won't make any hollandaise sauce. And yeah, hollandaise you don't, tastes good on its own. Now you don't need a reason to make hollandaise <laughs> it's sauce. It's true. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. I'll make my own crab cakes. I'll make my own hollandaise sauce, and then I'll put my hollandaise sauce on your crab cakes. Great. That'll just make the that'll just make the taste even more delicious. <laughs> and then I'll have crab cakes. I'm so confused. What are we doing again? Yeah, I I feel like we've lost the plot of this one. <laughs> All right. What's the name of the episode? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's eventually time to talk about Supernatural. Um, <laughs> you know what? This week. Actually, actually, do we have to talk about Supernatural? Maybe we just <laughs> maybe we just end the episode here. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that option is there. I mean, it's our it, show. What are they going to do? It, Never listen to it again. Sure, but I think everyone can agree we went out on a high note. It would be the shortest episode of Habcast of all time. I mean, yeah, it would be. And maybe that's everyone, for the best. Everyone would be like, oh, my God, an episode that's less than an hour long. What's happened? Yeah, uh, we died in the middle go, of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't actually talk about Supernatural. Look, that's why. all I am saying, and I'm not saying, don't, hey, we don't have to agree now. I'm just saying maybe we can't quit before we hit season nine. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's coming up. Yeah, I'm just, it's just, I'm just saying. All I'm saying is you nine know? seasons in a movie. Nine seasons in a movie. It has oh, been. God. We've been doing this show now for four years. I mean, our official our official anniversary is in November, but we actually started recording in July, so it's been four years. And all I am saying is that I don't think anyone, any, no one could have thought hey, four years ago. When I suggested we do this show, I don't think anyone thought we were really going to get this far. Yeah. So it's <laughs> not even us. <laughs> not even us. <laughs> Especially not us. Definitely not us. Hey, look at us. No one else really cared, but definitely not us. Yeah. And I don't think anyone could blame us if we just kind of stopped did what supernatural should have done which is ended it <laughs> <laughs> all right travis this episode is called clip show what is it about sam and dean jesus get to have a good time All right, let's talk about it. 
And we're back. Um, so this this episode had so much going on in it that it was half over, and I was surprised that there was still half of an episode left. Well, you know, they spent like I don't know ten episodes on fucking worthless shit instead of the plot. Yeah, yeah. So, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get it together now. I will say my immediate thought by the time this episode ended was this is where if Crowley was going to be the big bad for the whole season, this is where he should have started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if if this had been a season wide thing where he's like, hey, every once in a while, I'm going to fucking kill someone that you've already saved. And I think that for a whole season would have put a lot more tension on everything that's going on. This is definitely the most threatening thing Crowley has done, and it makes him go from 0 to 10 really, really fucking quick. Yeah. And I think that's actually kind of an issue, because he's kind of been a joke villain the entire time, and then suddenly yeah, he's, he's like... fucking, like, bumbling around the whole season. Yeah. yeah. This... Okay. So, as I'm sure y'all can guess from what happened just a minute ago, I did not enjoy this episode. Did y'all? I like I real quick. Mm. I like how this episode also made you think of new metal. Because you know what I was thinking the entire goddamn time? I'm surprised that in 15 years of making this goddamn show, they never once alluded to Dean enjoying like corn or limp biscuit and they would be right up his asshole. I don't know how y'all feel about that sentiment, but I kind of feel it down in the cockles of my ears. I think it's one of those things where it's like Dean keeps up the appearance of being like a classic rock guy, yeah. but when he's just got it like his earbuds in his own little room, he's like, yeah, fucking corn, hell yeah, fucking yeah. death punch. Because yeah. specifically <laughs> in the scene classic where he calls metal where he calls fucking uh, ab or the demon that they're exercising, spoiler alert, like when he's like, yeah fucking demon on a leash or like freak on a chain or some shit i'm like you don't want to call her freak on a leash really yeah come on now um so i didn't really like get into this episode mm -hmm. until like pretty much the halfway point mm -hmm. this episode i wouldn't say that i enjoyed this episode but it was unoffensive to me until about the last 10 minutes oh yeah yeah when the, and honestly at the beginning i was pretty intrigued because we see uh wendigo guy um yeah yeah like what Tommy. what a fucking throwback by the way yeah, yeah. all the go throwback to episode two going all the way back to episode two and of course he is feeling some PTSD. I am shocked he would ever be in the woods again. And then mm -hmm. he dies, like, and there's no clear explanation. It's it, the way he dies is uh, his head starts fucking melting. Like, <laughs> yeah. his insides yeah. start melting out of his fucking face. That's not a normal demon way to handle things. Demons usually just throw you around a bit and then, like, put a hand through your chest or whatever the fuck. They don't, um, 
they don't they you don't know, they make, don't like <laughs> sniper kill you from yeah, afar they yeah. don't make you bleed chocolate syrup out of your eyes so it's like holy shit what's happening uh i will say the very first note i took of this for this episode was uh the second to last episode of season eight. Oh boy! Every day we get closer to season ten and farther away from God's light. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't know how I feel about these seasons. I'm not super positive, but this rewatch of season eight has surprised me. I don't I completely hate it like I thought I would, and yeah. And there were um, things I enjoyed about this episode, but yeah, I, I think there was some really interesting stuff and I wish another thing about, I feel like this has happened pretty much since season six, uh, that, and maybe this has happened for the whole show, but it's like, we really learn a lot of really useful stuff in the last like two or three episodes of a season yeah, that we could have learned, you know, a while ago. And instead of being like, instead of the mystery being, how do we do this? I feel like the mystery should be, okay, how do we do this? And then, okay, how can we actually do that? Like, how can we apply this? And then the final step should be, we need to get it done. Um, versus all of that happening in, I don't know, 10 minutes in one episode. Yeah. So, because I, I, uh, the, the whole like curing a demon thing was very interesting to me, but it was so rushed. I feel okay. So, last episode, we got the, we got the bomb drop that Metatron's around. And that the third trial is curing a demon, mm-hmm. which Sam and Dean proceed to go about in the dumbest way possible this episode, which we'll get to in a minute. Personally, <laughs> okay, so the way that you cure a demon is you inject them with purified human blood. And I can't say that I'm surprised that this is the solution. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, there's no that this completely comes out of nowhere i think there there's been other instances in the show where you know blood is very important obviously sam and demon blood yeah i I guess fucking angel blood maybe has a use i don't really to me this tracks because when i saw that happening on screen i immediately thought of oh like dead man's blood yeah like for how to deal with vampires and then it's like oh you know that kind of makes sense like purify like getting your blood purified to inject into a demon who is the opposite of purified but i will go ahead and say and absolutely disagree with me on this um it's but i personally think the whole curing a demon thing i think the i think the writers just reached a little too far i don't think there was a way for them to like do this without it being kind of dumb and i don't really like the the fact that it's human's blood like i don't really have a good reason to not mm-hmm. i just think that it's kind of like lame yeah it's it's a little lame i i'm going to like slightly agree with you and also posit this um 
it is definitely like a little out there. Like it's a little bit of a stretch to be like cure a demon, like make a demon not a demon anymore, basically. Um, but again, I think I think I'm just tied up on the fact that this is the penultimate episode, and we are just learning this. Yeah. When this could have been a this this could have been an entire um, half of a season mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Like we could have knocked out trials one and two. Like maybe you know Sam knocks out trial two by the uh, mid season. And yes. then the rest, and then the rest of the season is figuring out how to cure a demon. And I think that we were just handed kind of a makes it easy situation when they just happen to stumble across recordings of this literal thing happening. Yeah. I I will also go ahead and say that this season kind of reminds me of season six and that I don't really think the writers knew what they wanted to do. And yeah. it, these seasons are both seasons where the, the first of a new showrunner. showrunner. So the mm. showrunner is being handed off, you know, somebody else's story, especially in the case of Jeremy Carver, who, unlike Sarah Gamble, had completely left the show and was not writing in the intervening years where he wasn't the showrunner. Um, but it really feels like just kind of like, like Benny's a really cool character, but we, the entire, this, the mid season finale was devoted to his story. When it yeah. really feels like it should have been devoted to the trials. Yeah. I mean, it was like, what the the mid season finale was the was Sam doing the second trial right or no, no it wasn't no the trials didn't get introduced until post mid season finale oh fuck I forgot that this yeah the the mid season in this episode was like not actually the middle it was in a strange spot mm-hmm. um yeah. Ugh. Let this, me yeah. let me double check that, but I'm like ninety. Yeah, the mid season finale was uh, uh It was like episode Citizen ten or Bang. something. It was episode yeah. nine. Fuck, so yeah. early in the season too. And then and then the next episode was Torn and Frayed, which was a uh, the episode where Cass kills um, Stewart. Mm-hmm. So let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that real quick. Yes, Citizen Fang was the mid-season finale, completely devoted to Benny, who is a cool character. Like, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying maybe more time should have been devoted to the plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, plot of the season. Yeah, yeah. Especially since Benny died in his like next appearance. Right. We'll see, and that's why the mid-season should have been that episode yeah um yeah the, you mean that yeah the episode where he dies yeah maybe this didn't work out with the actor who played benny's scheduling um i can't remember his name right now him something but uh it, it, yeah it could have been that like god producing a show sounds like a goddamn nightmare oh yeah and again 
a quick disclaimer. We've never done anything like this before. We can't imagine the stress and the juggling. And I'm sure, we, like, I'm sure anytime something happens, major rewrites have to go into it mm-hmm. uh, or figuring out how to work it into the story. The actor could have been busy. But yeah, in the world where this is a novel and not a season of television, story-wise, what would have made more sense to me is to have Benny really featured in the first half of the season. I mean, like, he's in every episode. We get several mm-hmm. episodes oh, yeah. establishing him as a character. We really see him and his bond with Dean. We are not told about it, and they're not only in flashbacks. We see, we see him and Sam really have issues like fucking fight maybe they get into an actual physical fight and maybe benny almost like kills sam and then stops because you know dean intervenes or whatever and then the mid-season finale sam is doing the second trial and it's basically the episode where benny dies um yeah and then the second half I, of the season is devoted to the third the trial. trials yeah. yeah the third trial I I feel like I had a similar sentiment early on in the season. I was like, more Benny, please. Oh, yeah. Like, more more involvement from Benny and more of, like, Dean and Benny bonding. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big Denny's fan. Hell, yeah. Give it up for Denny's. Oh. <laughs> the true it's American glands, Grand Slam. Yeah. <laughs> Denny's. It's just goddamn uh, Biggerson's. Yep. <laughs> for real. Um, yeah. What else what else have in this episode? So we figured out the demon uh, demons get cured by an adjusted exorcism that was put together by a Catholic priest. No, we get demons, a little homage to the exorcist. Demons, demons get cured by conversion therapy. Oh, yikes. Boo. Ooh, I don't like that thought. Boo, ben. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I mean, like, you're, oh God, you're not wrong, but you shouldn't have said it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, that's to make up for all the new metal crap, but, like, I don't think it's quite the same. No. <laughs> First of all, no one's born a new metal fan. All right. You choose that. That's a lifestyle choice. So, it's in my jeans. It's in my holy jeans. Yeah. It's in your literal, like, fucking jinkos. Yeah. It's in my jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, um, yeah. So we get a little uh, uh, exorcist fucking um, homage, which I appreciated, including yeah, nice. young hot father Simon. So <laughs> Sam and Dean figure out you can cure a demon um, because they find these tapes in the uh, like these reels of film in the basement uh and they put together like oh there are these two priests and they were here to do this exorcism but like it was weird like the demon ends up it's the demons in this old woman who's you know yelling shit at them if she had said your mother sucks cocks in hell i would have been like yay (laughs) um but uh, the demon busts out of her chest. Like, we see rib cage ripped apart and all. It is super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, Abaddon, pre-Abaddon is there. Yeah. Uh, and she comes back this episode, and we'll get to her. Oof, uh, yeah. Oof. Oh, God. 
Uh, but so as far as what else happens this episode, Cass and um, Metatron are bopping around. Yep. We got Cat the the Cass and Marv show. Yeah. Because uh, M- Marv is telling Cass what the Angel Tablet is, and it's basically the same thing as the Demon Tablet. It's a way to close off heaven. And Metatron basically convinces Cass to start the process of closing off heaven. Which includes murdering an innocent uh, young woman. Yeah. A, a, a um, Nephilim. Uh, a, a, yeah. One which, of those. Which Cass, Nephilim, so Nephilim are the children of angels and humans. Humans. In heaven's eyes, in this television show, there are abominations. I didn't do a freak of the week on them because they didn't play a super major role, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure in the Bible they're like giants. Like that's what the giants were, were Nephilim. I can't quite remember. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but yeah. Cass basically gets manipulated. I am begging Cass not to just listen to the next, to like every person he meets. Yeah. Begging him. Uh, Nephilim. Nephilim is their reference to in like Genesis and they are, it kind of loosely translates to giants. Okay. Um, other Jewish explanations interpret them as fallen angels. Okay, yeah. I, I definitely have talked about the Nephilim before on this show. Oh, mm-hmm. also Cass and Metatron kept calling them Nephilim, and I was like, never in a million years do you hear me? They are pretty <laughs> on this show. Yeah. Even if even if God himself came down and was actually, uh, it actually is Nephilim. On this show, it is Nephilim. Yeah. So, what, how do you feel about Metatron, Travis? I ooh, I mean like I kind of like him. What do you like about him? Uh I like that he's an angel that actually understands humans cuz he's been reading so much. Fair. He, um he likes so I, I did Yeah, I I did like the little uh interactions that him and Cass has where like uh Metatron was just like colloquialism and Cass was like huh and he's like you gotta get out more buddy (laughs) he's like I've been in reading for years and I know more than you but I don't know I just I just think his actor is really charismatic oh yeah Curtis Armstrong is a fantastic actor and he always brings a lovely just I want to say Genesis just because it's fun and it means exactly what I want it to mean because I Mm -hmm. don't know what um He's great in everything I've seen him in. Uh, you clearly get the setup that we're going to see more of him. Is that- oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I uh, I don't know how I feel about him like convincing Cass to do this. Because he's basically... Him and Cass have this conversation that's like... Uh, heavens kind of split up into all these different factions naomi being the leader of one of them and they're all fighting for control and Cass was like yeah that's because i fucked a bunch of shit up and then i feel like metatron kind of convinces Cass to try to go back to being the leader again which i don't definitely not the right choice for Cass. he basically tells Cass that heaven is a dysfunctional family which 
correct. Um, A very dysfunctional family where family members keep trying to and sometimes succeed in killing each other. Uh, And that they base and and that all of heaven needs a time out. Everyone can if they can shut the gates of heaven, they can just have some time to chill and work out their issues and not bother the humans. Essentially, what Sam and Dean are trying to do for hell. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, all honestly, all I'm seeing is is a way to get cast depowered for at least half a season next time. What? No. What has the show ever done that? That's crazy. (laughs) I'm I'm literally it's flashing before my eyes. Cass finishes the third heaven trial and then goes, oh, whoops, I'm useless again. God, it's just they really made a mistake keeping him around. They should not have added an angel to the main cast. For real. Because he's just such an easy like, hey, do you need healing? Well, he's right there. You're good as new. All of your liver damage is gone from all those years of drinking. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Cass, Dean's mad at him. And I am not saying that Dean is not right to be mean. But I think I have finally, after eight seasons, have finally figured out, well, technically 15 because I've seen pretty much the whole show, um, have finally figured out what it is about Dean's anger that pisses me off. What's that? He is aggressively passive aggressive. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can't. It's okay. So he's just like so mean. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. And I'm not saying he's wrong to be mad at Cass. The reason why he's mad at Cass is because Cass got the tablet and just fucked off with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of trusting Dean. And I feel like the season, it feels so long, but wasn't he mad at Cass earlier in the season, too? Like, for not coming out of purgatory with him or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Cass and Dean have been fighting for most of the season. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, Dean has pretty much had a beef with Cass the whole time. And it's just kind of fresh. Like, is this this the, the writer's attempt to, like quell down Destiel because that will that won't work. No. I mean no, it didn't work because there was work. a there was a major Destiel moment in this season. Oh yeah. It it brought a tear to my eye. There were a couple of major Destiel moments in the season and honestly, if you wanted to to you know, quell down the shipping shit, uh definitely don't include a bitchy exes fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I don't quite remember what he says, but it's a bunch of passive aggressive insults while Cass is in the room to the point where Sam, who was third wheeling all of their fights, is essentially like, Christy, could you give it a rest? Like, give him a break. Um, I can only assume because he's very tired. So it just yeah and thinking back he dean's just kind of passive aggressive like when he's mad he'll make a shit ton of snide comments to Mm -hmm. you to the person he's angry at or to other people and it just doesn't feel like the other characters do that with dean and i think that's why like his anger bothers me so much because it's so shitty it's hella shitty yeah yeah. Like, 
you can justifiably be mad at your friends and family. And I think Cass counts as family at this point, for sure. Definitely. I, I feel like there was either last episode or this episode. No, it was this episode. Because Sam was trying to be like, hey, go easy on Cass. It's Cass. And Dean was like, mm, I don't know. He was like, I don't know, Sam. And Sam was like, Dean, be easy on Cass. And Dean was like, mm, no. I kind of just wanted to ride that out to see how far it would go. Yeah, I wasn't going to interrupt <laughs> or play along. Damn. Dean. Dean. Oh, I also. Sam. Sam. <laughs> anyway. Um, Speaking of new metal. Speaking of new metal. <laughs> it all comes new back metal. to new metal. Um, new metal, new problems. Okay, so. Oh, I also wrote down in my notes in the very beginning scene Tim, Timmy, uh, Wendigo Boy is. At, uh, in this cabin with his girlfriend and when he dies I wrote down poor girl she probably needs Basil Rathbone yeah <laughs> of supernatural crimes Basil Rathbone if you are stuck in a situation where you're being accused of murder but it was a ghost he'll help you I'm still working on the theme song we'll get it together it's gonna be great so <laughs> He has a British accent, which I'm not going to do because I can't do a very good British accent, but she would walk into his office and he would be like, ah. Oh, oh governor, can I have some more? <laughs> no. I want to do the worst one I could think of for you. You're welcome. I, I think I think Basil has like a pretty like posh British accent. Like I think he's kind of uh, like a former aristocrat son. Like his family was rich, but they lost all of their wealth, mm -hmm. you know, right before he was born. So he grew up with parents who, who had these expectations on what their life should be, but he never really got any of that. But he grew up with that attitude. That's where that Rathbone comes from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, after spending years working to put himself through British law school, he dedicates his life to helping the victims of supernatural crimes in America for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Is Basil played by Mark Shepard? Because he should be. Oh my god, he should He should absolutely be, yes. Uh, I don't think Mark Shepard really wants anything more to do with supernatural, but, I mean, if that ever changed... Yeah. Mark, are you listening to this? I've got a roll. It's just for you. If you're listening to this, please tweet at us at actually. <laughs> oh my god! Tweet at, tweet at our actual account, yeah, not just me. If you're listening, what is that account, Travis? If you're listening to this, at Habcast. Tweet at us at actually tall. Please come be on the show, like Habcast. Oh fuck! And also consider taking the lead role in. <laughs> my sitcom slash procedural crime drama basil rathbone attorney for victims of supernatural crimes <laughs> so oh man speaking of mark shepherd as crowley 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I mean, is it time to talk about it yet? No, I don't think it is. We can put that off a little bit. Okay. Much like the episode tried to put off uh, ripping my heart out of my chest and crushing it into a million pieces. Yeah. So. Um, do we want to talk about Sam and Dean's a- attempt at curing a demon? Yeah, because I want to talk about how uh, fucking stupid they were about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the full himbo moment. We also the- skipped over the fucking <sighs> sex dungeon, I think. But yeah, uh, the full was... fucking, we'll go to the demon curing thing first. Like, yeah, consecrate the grounds, but maybe put a cinder block on the fucking box that has her hands in it. Jesus Christ. Come yeah. on, guys. So basically, Dean is like, they're like, okay, so how are we going to get a demon in here to, to cure them? And then Dean is like, I've got an idea. Let's go dig up and sew back together the most powerful demon that we can think of. Yep. And then they do that, but then they're like, oh, thought you had us. Thought, thought you had us. We, we're going to not put your hands back. And then um, they just t- they basically bring her back to life and then leave the fucking room. Well, Crowley just... calls them. And despite the fact that. Oh, OK, so. First of all. Where are we going to get a demon, Sam? I don't or where are we going to get a demon, Dean? I don't know. Instead of finding a low level demon just like by or by summoning a crossroads demon in a devil's trap something we have done a million times before exactly what you said travis let's go stitch back together the most powerful demon any of us have ever met and handle her for some reason really big brain moment dean i mean good job good fucking job full-blown galaxy brain yeah gee like Fucking hell, but it is dumb. And I get that television characters are kind of dumb sometimes, that they don't always do the thing that's most logical because that's how the plot moves along. But this is bad. Like, it's too bad. Like, it's not, it's just not good. And then, of course, she fucking escapes because instead of taking her disembodied to their super demon-proof dungeon and putting her back together there, they just do it in this warehouse in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nor They don't put down any other devil's traps. They just trust that the, that the one on the bullet is going to be enough, despite the fact that this is the demon who destroyed the Man of Letters. Yeah. Like, literally made them no more. Yeah. They went from um, the men of letters to the men of illiteracy. And then they leave her alone. She escapes in two seconds. Like, y'all are supposed to be good at this. I I really, honestly, truly feel like the whole reason this happened is because the writers wanted to have that moment where Crowley calls them on the phone and Abaddon is like, Crowley the fucking crossroads boy yeah and they're like no Crowley the king of hell and she's like what that was it yeah. that was their whole payoff I bet for well, that that whole thing well now she's escaped so we got her we got to go deal with her now like y'all don't have enough on your fucking plate and again 
all this could have been avoided if you just summoned a crossroads demon into a devil's trap yeah or into their fucking freaky sex dungeon devil dungeon room so well i I will go ahead and say i do think crossroads demons have to be summoned at crossroads oh that's right so so but still i mean summon a crossroads demon into a devil's trap incapacitate them like bobby's done it before he's he's definitely kidnapped a demon before and moved mm-hmm. into his basement where it stayed, despite the fact that it was just Bobby's fucking basement. And not like the most secure building in Kansas. Couldn't you argue that because it's literally in the center of the of the United States that it is the ultimate crossroads? Hey yo. You know, probably not. I, <laughs> I think you need actual roads. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. It's not like I mean the show's probably had worse excuses for things. Like it's not the craziest thing. Yeah, I'd buy it. Like I, I'm just it. saying, if they were able to summon a crossroads demon into the bunker, I'd allow it. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd let it. I I wouldn't be like. I would probably mention it in a Habcast episode, but at the end of the day, I'd probably just be like, "Yeah, whatever, it's a big deal." Yeah. Have we ever looked at the rules for summoning a crossroads demon? Like, could you summon one in the middle of New York, or could you just lay down two strips of Hot Wheels track over one another and you know do it what? that way? That is a good point. <laughs> that Benjamin, that is exactly the type of loophole that Basil Rathbone, attorney for victims of supernatural crimes, would find for the law to get that girl out on early release <laughs> for murdering her boyfriend. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Benjamin. Thank you. You're right, because that doesn't specify. And also, that would be hilarious. You're fucking right. <laughs> I, I want that now. And when we, when we, when we remake Supernatural... In a thousand to two thousand years, I think uh, I think we're we're gonna have an episode where that happens. In one or two eons, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Basically, in a secret room in the secret bunker that is completely secret to everyone other than Sam and Dean and a couple of close cohorts, uh, there is. A secret dungeon that we are calling the sex dungeon because it is just covered in whips and chains. And oh boy, does that excite Sam and Dean. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you about what I wish had happened in that moment? Of course. So we're down in like the archives of the bunker. Sam and Dean are looking for information on something. Uh, they're in this really specific room that he saw a note on in another book. And um, Dean starts to notice like the track marks of this like swinging door thing. And what I really wish had happened was a full on Scooby-Doo moment was Dean pulls on something on the bookcase and it flips around and Sam goes, Dean, look at this. And Dean's gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I really, I was like, oh God, I really want that to happen right now. That would have been great. <laughs> I feel, I honestly, I feel a little robbed. <laughs> We were. I, we were. Uh, absolutely agree. The episode could only have been improved by that happening. Um, 
like and then sam figures out how to like flip it around and dean has already like figured out what the room is and everything and he's like oh my god this is amazing and then sam is like oh do you just pull this and then it flips around and now sam is in the room but dean isn't like <laughs> they could have it could the, it, this the possibilities were endless and we were denied this i agree the season hasn't been very funny it needs more jokes Mm-hmm. Do you hear me? More jokes. Um, Cass goes grocery shopping. Yeah. That's how Metatron catches up with him. He's just just doing human stuff. The little like gas station slash grocery store he goes to is out of pie. Also... One of the, I guess, funnier scenes of the episode is that Cass just keeps fucking up, like, this grocery store. Like, he cracks an egg on the floor. He knocks over a chips display. Um, and yeah. Then, and then... It's just, like, in this bodega. The poor, beleaguered worker is like, we don't have any pie. And Cass is like, you don't understand. I need pie. And it's like, Cass, dude, give it time. Dean still loves you. He'll take you back. Like... <laughs> Come on. So, what else, is there anything we liked about the episode other than I think what we've kind of already mentioned? I like the grocery shopping scene. I liked the initial part of the Marv and Cash show. Yeah. Uh, I liked when they were starting to eat crepes, and mm-hmm. Curtis Armstrong. It's like I should have picked a better looking vessel. Yeah. And Cash was like, "What? What? I'm sorry. What? What's that in your pants? I'm sorry." Uh, I liked that. That was funny. Uh, I didn't like the fucking himbo moment. No. We were talking about stuff we're supposed to like, but that that whole fucking scene just kind of derailed a a lot of what I liked about the episode. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about it before on the show, that every time the show takes a massive step back in, in some sort of growth, it's just fucking stupid. And that's what this episode had in it was a massive step back in growth. Cause yeah. Dean is being a dick. He's treating Cass how he's treated Sam whenever they fight. And you'd think he would be like, Oh, I've been in moments like this before with Sam and I'm not treating him like that anymore. Maybe I shouldn't treat anyone like that anymore. But no. Here he is just being a whiny yeah. a whiny whinerson. Because uh Dean treating people the way he does is his whole character. Yeah. Like I feel like we've gotten to kind of a flanderization of Dean at this point. Mm-hmm. We sure diddly have. Of him just like being mean to everyone. Yeah. Because he's he's the big man. He's meanie deanie. Because he's a big old weenie. Um, I liked Hot Priest. Hot, hot Young priest. priest. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Priest was good. And then they go and they basically to get more answers on the priest who was running the, uh, um, the exorcism. Uh, Father Thompson, who of course died in 58 because he was torn apart, right? Uh, which turns out Abaddon actually killed him because hell heard about what he was doing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they go see Hot Priest as an old man. Just to get across how hot Hot Priest is, he's introduced on camera smoking. Yeah. Very, very hot. Uh I wrote down, this priest is smoking hot, ha ha, uh, because I (laughs) am hilarious. But they go and see old hot priest, and there was a little moment where, like, Sam coughs into his hand, and of course it's, you know, TV consumption death coughing, right? He's got maybe one or two TV hours left to live at this point. and he goes and he goes to see the bathroom and the priest and hot priest can obviously pick up on the fact that he's sick. And Dean's like, Hey, my brother has been working to shut the gates of hell for good. And he's going to do it. And hot priest says him. (laughs) 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 I was like, that was pretty good. Supernatural. I liked that. I liked that little her moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, also, seeing as this, how this show has seven more seasons left, I am pretty sure Sam doesn't close the gates of hell, but I guess we'll have to wait until next episode to see for certain. I don't know. What do you I think? That's, I guess that's the spoiler. I apologize, Travis. Well, but Travis, like, before that moment, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, what did I'm you kidding. think was going to happen? Wait, before which moment? I, that, that whole, what I just said was a joke. What I... What, I I honestly got a little lost in the plot of what Ari was talking about. Do you think Sam is going to complete the trials and successfully close the gates of hell? <sighs> I mean... What was that thing that he was supposed to be doing back in season two? saving dean's no i i don't remember it was like they were closing something right oh oh yeah so did they did they do that no so basically demons in season two demons can only get up to hell like a little bit at a time right you know they have to really struggle busts open yeah and so the the main black the main bad guys plot yep Yellow Eyes' plot is to open up a hell gate, and he does successfully do that. They close it, but hundreds of demons escape um, right. before they can. Okay. So, uh, and then also, like, John escapes through there, too. Yeah, and then John um, gets uh, gets heavened up. Yeah. Uh, do I think he's going to do it? You know what? I think he is. But I, I think I said this last time. I think he's going to do it, but he's going to get incapacitated until the next season starts. Because we we got we to gotta flip-flop it. Uh, season 5 ended, Sam was gone. Season 6 started, Sam is back. Season 7 was fine, I guess. Season 8 started. Um, or season 7 ended, Dean was gone. Season 6 eight started dean is back so now it's sam's turn again yeah and if you want to go back even further season two sam technically dies uh and then is brought back and then in season three um (laughs) dean dies a lot um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he gets sent to hell at the end of that season and then comes back in season four and then there are like f- 
yeah i, I they just, they're just taking turns like having something happen to them so yeah i think he'll do it but at a great cost for at least you know between seasons um i guess we'll have to find out yeah i think ari and i are silently nodding in unison right now you just yeah see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed so uh i will just go ahead and say that i think it is time to talk about the elephant in the room marv no uh sarah oh oh yeah she died yeah thanks sam so in in season one sarah blake shows up in one episode it was the episode provenance Mm -hmm. she's also sam's like first romantic thing after jess's death they have a pretty good like good connection and she's a rare she's she's the one weak woman for that week um she's pretty great as a character and honestly is somebody who i wouldn't have mind seeing come back but god not in this way yeah well, like I, wanna, was she, it was like she peered out of the fridge and it was like hey how you doing sam and then the show closed it on her yeah yep and uh she dies this episode she's one of crowley's victims the way crowley is killing his victims is through hex bags um his mom was a witch so he like learned something from dear old mom Sam and Dean, she chokes to death while Sam and Dean look for the hex bag. They're unable to find it. Dean throws his phone on the floor and uh, and the hex bag was in the phone. phone. Yeah. Which, how? (laughs) How did that happen? Um, I guess it's magic, but I thought somebody had to physically, like, place the hex bags. Well, I mean, you can, yeah, you can, I don't know. You can take those phones open. Like you can open well, them up and put them back together. Yeah, sure. But when did somebody get Dean's phone? Oh, that wasn't a cell phone. That was the, like, the... Oh, uh, that was the... That was the... Hotel okay, phone. Right. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she dies. She's uh, one of the few of Sam's, like, romantic interests to have survived this long. So Sam's cursed lips are still in effect yeah first wiener uh how are we feeling about this guys don't love it yeah i'm feeling real cold about it yeah like almost a frigid if you will yeah (laughs) she is yet another woman to be fridged uh which is the practice of killing off characters usually female characters to further the male hero's story Mm mm-hmm just it's fridging's happened a couple times on this show where it's just felt completely unnecessary this is another one in a long line of those Mm -hmm. yep uh i'm gonna be honest i couldn't watch i couldn't watch the scene where she died i skipped it it. yeah Yeah, it it was rough it was really like (sighs) 
sure. it was very drawn out and unnecessary. Yep. In an already pretty drawn out episode where so many things happened that this could have been two episodes. Well, they really wanted, you know, to get the get the horror of what was happening across as if we didn't already know. Oh, hear me out, guys. This didn't have to have or this did not have to be an episode. Yeah, yeah like, I completely agree. So halfway through this episode, we are like kind of wrapped up with the learning how to cure a demon thing. And I go, OK, cool. This episode's almost done. And I, I you know, wiggle my mouse to look at the scroll bar. Not halfway. And I was like, what the fuck else could possibly happen? And it was this and it was not worth it. Nope. Nope. Just felt really unnecessary. Truly. Mm-hmm. Truly unnecessary. Just a long line of pointless female deaths in a show that already has a dearth of female characters that are interesting and useful and not terrible. I seriously bet that when they, the first draft of this episode, when they were putting it together, I bet Sarah died in the cold open. And then I bet somebody was like, hey, no, we need to do better for women. Let's give her five minutes and then kill her. Yeah, I think it was, I think, I don't think, I don't think they planned to kill her in the cold open because they were really trying to tuck those heartstrings. She's gotten married. She has a a daughter who's about to turn one. So her daughter's not going to even remember her. Um, She has to have a, a, a conversation with Sam and like that kind of potential relationship. Well, I mean, not potential. She's married. She's moved on. But, you know the fact that they're able to have a conversation and like talk kind of nicely to each other and about the past. And she, she comments on how Sam's grown up that he's not the same, that he's not the 22 year old that she met. Um, Mm -hmm. The moment like she mentioned her daughter, I was like, She's not gonna make oh, it. She's gonna fight. Yeah, she's gonna fucking die. Yeah, yeah. she's she's not gonna make it. This guy's. But I I I. So I've seen this episode twice now, and I held on to some hope. And I did watch her murder scene the first time, and it was horrific and painful. <sighs> this episode would have been like a, a five out of ten for me if this scene hadn't been. In it. Yeah. Uh, but because the scene was in it, it's an, it's an F. I hate, I hate this episode. It's an F out of 10. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get a number, bitch. Yeah. 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 I'm here for it. I don't want to grade it either. I'm also going to, I'm going to follow suit. F minus. Yeah. We have much to talk about after class, young men. Pretty much. This episode was written by Andrew Dabb. Um, who we've talked about many times before. He is a future showrunner. And uh, I think he's a mixed... Yeah, he's one of the mixed bag writers. Yep. Yeah, he's got... He's got a lot of ups and downs. He's done both of the dog episodes, right? Is that somebody Uh, else? Um, No, that's someone else. He wrote... Like Dark Side of the Moon, Hammer of the Gods, and Weekend at Bobby's, all really great episodes. But he also wrote 
Family uh, Matters. Family Matters. Um, seven, season seven, time for a wedding. Yep. The girl uh, next door. Yeah. Ooh. So. Yellow fever. Ugh. Yeah. After school special, which wasn't great. Yeah, that one was. Uh... Ooh, and that's the episode that includes Dean's really creepy line about how some of those high school girls are 18, so it is okay to fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So, yeah, he is. As, uh, yeah. Just... Def- like the mixedest of bags. Because he also did, like, Hunteri Hiroichi and. Yeah. And like Frontierland was fun, and like you said, Weekend at Bobby's. Yeah. Um, and he's got some future episodes that I enjoy. I, I like, uh, you know, obviously you haven't seen these yet, but um, it's not it's not all bad things in the future either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just you know, a mixed bag. Just a mixed bag. Yeah, this bag has pull and peel of Twizzlers in it, but then it also has just a turd in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, those pull and peel Twizzlers, though, so good. Exactly. So good. Yeah. Also, you know, there's one other major woman in this episode, and that's Abaddon, and I'm not a huge fan of her either, honestly. Uh, ooh, somebody put it on the bingo card. Dean calls her a bitch. Yeah, yeah that was another thing I wasn't a big fan of. Mm-hmm. They, it just like the way Dean talks to women is just really. Yeah. Let's let's recount all of the major female villains this show has had. Um, Lilith, Ruby, but she's a bait and switch villain. Yeah, Meg. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll count Meg. Um. Um. Gosh, who else? Uh, Eve. Uh huh. And now Abaddon. And I think that's it. As far as like major female villains, yeah, go, ma- ma- yeah. not a little one-off. Like, like I yeah, know, yeah. I know that some of the monsters of the week have been female villains, but, but uh, like I'm talking major multi-episode villains yeah well and and like i drag i dragged meg in there because she's not like technically a villain but has been called a bitch by dean a lot and is definitely an antagonist for a while Mm -hmm. and i would go ahead and say out of this list meg is definitely the most interesting character ruby started out interesting for me but once season four came around the least interesting thing about Ruby is her status as a villain. Like the fact that she betrays Sam and was secretly working for Lucifer all along is actually like the stuff that I don't find interesting about her. The stuff that I found interesting about her was when, when uh, season three, when she got introduced and it seemed like we had a demon who was actually working with Sam and Dean and Mm -hmm. like not trying to fuck them over. Uh, so I think Meg is definitely pretty much the only interesting character in this entire list. Um, Supernatural's female villains are very boring. Like, you can't tell me they can't write a good villain because Crowley's great. Sometimes Lucifer was really good. Um, Yellow Eyes is fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to the female villains, they're just really one note. I mean, Abaddon's whole thing is that she's like a blood psychopath which is fine but 
I don't know. I just don't really think she pulls it off. Like, I don't want to see more of her. I'm just like, ah, we got to deal with her again. Yeah. The reason why I bring this up is because I read a review once that it feels like Supernatural writes female villains, not because it's interested in having women on screen who are an actual threat to Sam and Dean, but because they want to give Dean another excuse to call another woman a bitch. Yeah. 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 And I feel like Abaddon, like... Abaddon definitely fills that role. Abaddon mm. absolutely fills that role. Just, there's nothing else to her that I enjoy. I don't find her interesting. She is a blood knight psychopath who seems to have no goals other than fucking up humanity. Like, like Crowley wanted to be king of hell. Meg, like, didn't have a super interesting goal either. I mean, at first she was working for Lucifer, but then she just wanted to survive. But that survival led her to do things that were against her nature, and that made her interesting. Yeah. Lucifer obviously wanted to, you know, actually make peace with Michael. And then when that couldn't be achieved, wanted to beat him in a fight, destroy humanity. Yeah. Just not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and we're not even dignified Eve's Eve's motivations with a response. They were so nothing. She was nothing, and I hate saying that about like a female character in anything. But she, yeah, but Eve's, she was. Eve's role as a villain was not like laughable at, at best. Her as a yeah. character was nothing. Yeah barely remember what she looks like like that's how bad she was (laughs) for for a half second and i've seen this show through a couple of times i had to think who the fuck was eve again i think eve would have been better just as like a faceless bodiless villain yeah yeah like we never actually see eve Mm -hmm. perfect you know and i gotta give it up to dick roman too i mean he's definitely a goofier villain than the other ones and I wasn't ever really scared of him, but he's definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a pretty funny Donald Trump parody. Like, yeah, just God damn this show. You make it so hard to love you sometimes, Supernatural. Yeah. And every day we really do get closer to season ten, and y'all, gun to my head, that is my least favorite season. We, well, we can at least get through it together, and that might be when yeah. we start watching the show together again. Like once we get to like the rough patch, I think that's when we do need to start watching the episodes together. We, we start watching the episodes together so we can all hold hands. <laughs> so we'll just hold hands and commiserate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also drink. Lots of drinking. Yeah. Oh, man. Is season 10 going to be our drunkest season? Oh, boy. That would be a pretty feat because I'm pretty sure season like one and two is our drunkest season. Yeah, that is true. <sighs> it used to take less. It used to take less. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, yeah. So the episode ends with Sam being real sad that Sarah died and Crowley basically is like, I'll stop killing. That was his thing is he was like, I'm killing somebody who helped every 12 hours unless you give me the demon tablet and stop your little crusade. And, uh, yeah. So the episode ends with 
Dean being like, no, we have to keep fighting. And Sam being like, tired. Mm-hmm. And, um, any, any final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, hopes, wishes, unrealities? I'm glad that the season is about to be over. Yeah. Yeah, one more episode left. Yep. What do you think could possibly happen? Like, how can they wrap this season up? I, honestly, the only way I can think is that they just do the damn thing. Like, the trials get done, both both Sam's and Cass's, and we just wrap it up. I don't know what will happen once the trials are done. I can't, I can't even imagine what that will be, but I will say the trials will be getting done. Absolutely. All six of them. Uh, well, yeah, there's only one left for Sam and there's two left for Cass. Yep. And we're going to wrap it all up in two episodes. No, one episode. Just the last one. Yeah, that's it. That's all we need. Because that's just how the show goes. Like, we fuck around for 20 episodes, and then we get down to the last three, and we're like, oh, fuck, we gotta wrap this shit up. Yeah, well, it takes a lot longer to fuck around. It only takes a minute to find out. (laughs) That's gonna be the name of the episode. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, what, that's ben? it. You know what, Ben? <laughs> Fuck you. Un- <laughs> I'm gonna unnew your battle. You, you, know, you had it saved like for like an hour. Fuck no, you. I, I came up with it like ten seconds. Yeah, there, ago, there was a there was, was a long like, enough pause. I believe that that, that was, was like, on the spot. And <laughs> I was like, "This is good. I'm getting it out now." Even nope. if you had said nothing, I would have been like, "Fuck you, Ben." Here's a remembered thing. Oh hell. All right. Well, Travis. Hmm. The next episode, the last episode of season eight, is called Sacrifice. What is it about? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Real quick before we finish. Hold on. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot to look at uh, the user reviews. Oh, my God. Pick one. (laughs) Okay. Here's a one out of ten. Oh, yes. Really bad writing. (laughs) Is that it? No. This is an example of really bad script writing. How is it possible in the closing episodes of season eight that the guys are as stupid as in season one? They have, ah. a, they have a demon dungeon with restraints and a large demon trap, yet they take Abaddon to some warehouse without restraining her and placing her hands next to her. They are trusting the bullet 100%. They haven't even locked her down with an external trap. Then they decide to leave the room to take a phone call. It's laughable. It's mind-blowingly <laughs> dumb. One out of ten. Can we please do one higher review no this episode did not get a single 10 out of 10 
Oh, okay. Dude. What's the highest review? A nine out of ten. And there's a okay. couple of nine out of tens, and I'm going to read the one that has the best title from our dear friend Dana JS24. We've oh, read a yes. couple of the reviews before. I'm not gonna tell you the title until I finish the review. Okay. Seriously, I'm sick of Cass being made a puppet by everyone and everything. If there are angels in reality, I pray they aren't all as easily manipulated as Cass is. Could the writers not come up with another way to extend the story? Cass has done so much more harm than good in this show. It's silly. Dean is treating Cass even better than he deserves. Cass needs to be in that cage that Bobby used to have and just left there. Jesus Christ. I can't imagine that he's going to what he's going to do to heaven when he finishes his trials, but I know it's going to be annoying for at least half a season. Anyways, the demon curing is pretty cool, but I can't believe Sam and Dean would be so dumb to tr- would be dumb enough to try to cure Abaddon. Duh, she's going to escape. She could do so much more than regular demons can. Let the Winchesters know they don't know. Also, that bullet was way deeper in her skull than I'm imagining, not the roof of her mouth. Cass is so dumb, 9 out of 10. Wow. That was worth it. That was absolutely worth it. Was the title Cass is so dumb? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Here's another review. 7 out of 10. They get Sarah's name wrong. They call her Lisa. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the female char- Some of the female characters in the show are so poorly written that uh, they can't they can't get their names right. Like, people who are fans enough to comment on individual episodes are like, who's this character? Lisa? No, she was a major character in season six. You know, she was Dean's love interest, and then, like, she got kidnapped by demons, and Dean had her memory erased by Cass. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Travis, the next episode is called Sacrifice. What do you think it's about? Um... Sam is gonna so Sam is gonna have an ice cream cone and Dean drops his because they both got ice cream cones but Dean drops his and Sam gives Dean his ice cream cone and then they have a hug and then nothing bad happens for the rest of their lives. We can only hope, Travis. <laughs> we can only hope. Anyways, thank yep. you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can check out our website, habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media at Habcast on Instagram and Twitter, and Hey Ask But a Supernatural podcast on Facebook. You can also find access to the other show we do through our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Habcast, and you can get access to the show Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Just this week, we watched an episode of Burn Notice, and we enjoyed it more than this episode of Supernatural, so maybe yeah. we'll be a, maybe we'll be a P- Burn Notice podcast next week. <laughs> I would fucking love the shit out of that. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to find out. Uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening. Have fun. And don't die. Bye.